Hi, grannies. Welcome to another episode of Elderly Millennial, the Bobble Clubhouse podcast for people who love knitting, crocheting, and basically all things crafting. I'm your host, avid knitter, crocheter, and binge watcher, Samantha Brunson. Today on the podcast, we have Courtney O'Hara from Rita Mae Yarns. Hello. Courtney. Samantha, how are you? <laughs> Hi, how are you? <laughs> so I have to confess for people who are listening, I already interviewed Courtney and it was a lovely interview. <laughs> I sat down to listen to it and Everything that came out of my mouth was crinkled and the audio was super distorted. You just, you couldn't understand a word of it. Oh no! Yeah, because it's it's just so typical of me too. Because I was just like, oh, I'm going to try holding the phone in a different way this time. <laughs> yeah, because that'll help. I'm not going to test it out first. I'll just try it. <laughs> It'll be fine, I promise. But, you know, it's all right. I enjoy talking with you, so. If you couldn't have done it again, that would have made me really sad because it was such a fun interview and you sounded great. Well, it's, I don't know, this is, this was fun. So I was like, oh yeah, I'd be happy to do it again. Okay, cool. Ugh, very classic me. But anyways, Um, so can you tell everyone a little bit about what you do? And yeah, we'll start there again. (laughs) So, um, my name is Courtney. I am 23. I am the owner of Rita Mae Yarns. And, um, we've been in business for, oh gosh, a year now. Um, but I've been dyeing yarn for two years and uh, the name, everyone asks me the name because they, you know, some customers will come up to me. And they're like, hi, Rita. <laughs> and politely, I'm like, oh, hi, but my name's Courtney, you know, not Rita. And they're like, oh, <laughs> Rita, you know. I think I might have done that during my first email with you guys a while back now. Yeah, I think you did. But that's, to- <laughs> you know, I'm totally fine with it. I like the names. It's a great name. Yeah, it is a good name. So, um. Rita was my great grandmother and she was an avid fiber artist. She was just so near and dear to my heart. She passed away in 2014. And when she passed away, I inherited some of her knitting supplies and spinning supplies uh, and a lot of embroidery. She was really a beautiful embroiderer and quilter, uh, but she did have, she did like to do knitting and stuff. Um, and my fiance, Wes, when we started, that was when we started dating around that time. And so that's when I learned to knit from his mom. And I really, really enjoyed it. And that's where kind of my fiber art started was from my grandmother. So it was just a nice way to honor her memory. And so. Did you ever have the chance to do any fiber arts with your great grandmother? Is that why she left those supplies to you or did she just know that that was something that you would enjoy yeah it's actually like it kind of made me sad when I learned that she did because she taught me to learn to embroider 
when I was, I think, 12 or 13. Mm-hmm. And I guess she had left a note on her supplies because um, she had bladder cancer. So she she knew it was coming. And so she left notes on everything that she wanted other people to have. And she said, I didn't know if you enjoyed me teaching you how to broider. So I left these for you just in case you did. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it was like, well, I wish you knew that I really loved it. I mean, I don't have the patience for it, but (laughs) I love that you taught me. So, yeah. That's really beautiful. Yeah. So it was, I don't know. She, she's just so amazing. And she was so funny. Like I, I, you know, when you you were in high school, you got all proud that you were with like a boy, like I have a boyfriend, you know? <laughs> and so one day I went to her house and was like, you know, grandma, I got a boyfriend. <laughs> She's like, you're last. <laughs> she was so funny about it. That is so stinking cute. She sounds like she was really spunky. She was very spunky. <laughs> And then what other kinds of fiber arts did she do? Because you said she left behind some knitting supplies and some spinning supplies. Yes. So she did some spinning and knitting. Um, Her sister was more of a crocheter. She did beautiful doilies. um, And she worked for like a a thread manufacturer. So uh, both my grandma and her sister did so her sister was really into that and then my um, grandmother did sewing and quilting and embroidery for the factory and she really enjoyed it so that's how she kind of um, got into that but that's how like knitting sparked and all that because this manufacturer did all that kind of stuff so she worked for a thread manufacturer and then all these years later you created a yarn company it's almost like it was in your blood (laughs) i love stories like that yes it's fun so how long after you actually learned to knit did you decide that you were ready to start your company so let's see um i think it was three years after i learned to crochet because i crocheted first Mm -hmm. and i've been knitting for two years but i really love um and really delve into knitting uh I love crochet too because that's kind of my my baby you know because that's what I started first I feel the same way about crochet I had a similar process as you I learned that first so it's always going to be my my number one you know (laughs) exactly yeah and so even though like you're not really because at least for me, I'm not really into crocheting right now. But that doesn't mean that when I see a beautiful crochet pattern, I'm like, oh, I got to do it, you know? Right. Yeah. So, but I would say it's been three or four years since I really learned how to, how to, in, into the fiber arts, I should say. That's when I started um, delving into dyeing. Um, and it was actually because I d- couldn't find a job out of college. When I was in college, I was a human services and nonprofit um, major because I really love making a difference. And my mom always said, like, you can make a difference without having to be a nonprofit, you know, but I was like, yeah, yeah, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) I loved the American Cancer Society and what they've done. And so I really tried to um, work with them 
And, but there were just no openings at the time. And so I looked in other places and I just couldn't find a job. So then I decide there was a person at my local yarn store that was the main dyer for her local brand. And she decided she didn't want to do it anymore. So um, she was looking for someone to buy her supplies. And I was like, hmm, well, I don't have a job right now. Uh, <laughs> so I can learn <laughs> do this and then, you know, make a bit of money, you know, right from being creative because that is fun. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I, I did, I learned it and it's actually, at first when I started into this, I was like, oh, well, this is going to be so easy because you're just putting color on a canvas, you know, kind of like painting, you're, you know, you're painting it and then, you know, sell it off. But there is so much more to it than that. And it kind of hit me in the face. <laughs> When I, when I started, um, it's just such a wonderful process that has a lot to do with it, a lot scientifically. Um, and it's just, it's so much fun. And I finally found a job. So I was kind of doing it part-time for a while. Mm-hmm. And then when I finally, I was, I had my job, but I didn't love my job. And I was like, you know what, but I really, really love dyeing yarn and I love seeing people make things with it and things like that. So I thought I would take the jump and you know what, I'm just going to, I'm going to do this full time and do and ev- anything and everything I can to, um, to do this and help other people with their projects. It's just, it's, it's so brave. I just, you know, I, I also started a small business and I wasn't as young as you were when you started. And I just don't know if I would have been that brave at that point, you know? So it really is. It's just so cool. I really, really admire you. It, it is a struggle. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But, you know, it's one of those things where I want to wake up every day loving what I do and, you know, loving the people that I'm working with and, um, and chatting with. And it's been such a blessing. I started full time in July. And ever since then, it's just been such a blessing. I really enjoy it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, I think you can really tell um, just by looking at your yarns that there's someone that's really passionate about what they're doing behind each product because I mean there's so beautiful and the level the attention to detail that goes into each one is just it makes them so special oh well thank you I really appreciate that I really do mean that well there is I have a lot of passion for it and even Wes so my fiance does all the solid colors and then I do all of the speckled and variegated and he loves doing it um too he doesn't knit or crochet yet there's in there (laughs) he really loves the process too slowly but surely you're gonna bring him over to the dark side (laughs) exactly he always said I'm never gonna do it this is gonna be your thing and then you know what I'd have these big pots and I'd have to dump the water and um I'm like I I can't get it. Like, can you help me? So he'd have to pause his Madden game and walk <laughs> and dump the water. And he's like, all right. So I don't have, 
so then, you know, what if I just help you now and then I can just play Madden later? And I'm like, <laughs> that's great. <laughs> so then he started getting into it and he has um, cooking background experience. So he really, I guess, got into the scientific part of it or the measuring, what, whatever cooks do the cooks <laughs> in our house. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. So yeah, but he really, we both really enjoy it. And we love seeing what people make. Um, and that, that is my favorite part is seeing what other people make with our stuff. It's just so awesome with our yard. Yeah. That's so cool. So what is your process like? How do you um, come up with new colorways? What inspires you? Just how do you get started? Sure. So um, I make mood boards. That's my favorite way of um, doing it. So like sometimes I'll think of um, something so simple as like, this is us, you know, that show. So yeah, I'll, I'll look up this is us and then I'll take scenes. This is what I actually did this week, which was so much fun. I took different scenes and put them in a bo- in like a mood board kind of thing. Okay. With the colors. And then um, from there is when I created a new colorway. Um, just from what inspired me, just things that I love. Um, we have like huge mountains outside or um, like beautiful inspiration photos that I see that people post on Facebook all the time. They're beautiful. Um, I'll take those and kind of look at colors. Um, and kind of create something from there. So with the images that you pulled from This Is Us, where exactly were you getting um, your color inspiration from? Was it mainly from the costumes, the scenery, or just the overall lighting and vibe of the show? That's a great question. Um, It is mainly from what they're wearing, what the scene is like outside, whether it's... um, like spring, fall, winter, like some of those colors I get there, you can see it in the background. Um, and I really capture those colors. And then it's what the actor is wearing that really um, brings in the main color, I guess, of the colorway. Okay. Very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you guys get your yarns out into the world? I know you guys do a couple of trade shows. Um, what would you, what trade shows would you recommend for people who are just getting started? Who are just, who are just getting started to dye yarn? Um, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure. So there are a lot of little festivals um, around. So I'm from Harrisburg area, Pennsylvania area. Um, so we have a lot of little festivals like Frederick Fiber Festival. Um, there was a new one this year called Cat Skills. It's in New York. Um, and just those little, if you go to the little ones, they kind of help you with getting to know what your brand is, getting to know what your target customer is and who, you know, what they're looking at because that's also a great way for me to know what the colors are I guess in our area Mm -hmm. because I think it's different from where you live um but having the customers coming and seeing because we also do online um but that's 
I love doing online, but sometimes it's kind of a toss up of like what colors are really in for certain people. Um, right. Because something that sells at shows really well doesn't sell online very well, which is really interesting. That is interesting. Yeah. Because um, we have a colorway called Benevolent Donut Goddess. I love your color names. <laughs> <laughs> that Yeah, that was inspired by a really dear friend of mine who brings um, donuts to our um, to our knit days on Sundays. She always <laughs> these, they're called maple donuts. And people from PA will be like, ah, you know, yes, donuts. <laughs> um, so I made this colorway for her for her birthday. And um, I really like it. And online, it sells really well. But then at festivals, it doesn't sell very well. So it's just, it's really interesting. Yeah, I mean, I guess that makes sense that different things would be more or less popular in different areas. Oh, yeah. But yeah, so I would say as someone starting out, um, I would definitely look at festivals and talk to other yarn shops. I personally love um, supporting a local yarn shop and going, you know, email them or go in and just, you know, tell them a little bit about yourself and your colors and, um, and things like that and, and try and have trunk shows with them because it, it supports both of you. It supports, it supports you, but it also supports them and and their customers and bringing, and sometimes, um, you know, your customers that follow you will go into this shop and find a new place to go to find um, supplies, which is also really beneficial. Hi, grannies. If you live in the New York City area and you're looking for something to do after work that involves lifetime movies, reality TV shows, knitting, and meeting other grannies like yourself, then you should join the Bobble Clubhouse. Bobble Clubhouse hosts at least one event every month where people from all over the city get together to try out new techniques, products, and yarns while binge-watching our favorite shows. You can go to the Bobble Clubhouse website to see a list of our upcoming events. I hope to see you there. Bye. So what is your favorite part of the dyeing process? I know you said that you really like seeing the end result and what people end up making with the yarns. But in terms of your side of things, what's your favorite aspect of the whole process? My favorite part, um, honestly, my favorite part is making the mood boards. Yeah, I guess. And because that's what really inspires me. Um, And then kind of, I guess, getting the wheels turning because sometimes I don't know if this ever happens to you. And I'm sure it does. I'm sure it happens to every artist, but you just kind of have a slump, you know? Yeah, creative slump. And uh, (laughs) But the the mood boards when you, when sorry it's okay <laughs> um um the the mood boards really like help bring that creativity together and I think that's my favorite part and then um of the dying process but then my favorite part my most favorite part is seeing what people make I can see how that would be really rewarding it's like you get to see the whole process come full circle oh yes 
And then you mentioned that you also knit. So what was the first thing that you ever made? Um, the first thing I ever made was a scarf. Um, it's still not bound off. <laughs> it's, um, I think it was Ella Ray Classic that I used. It was a purple. Um, oh, that's right. We talked about this and I, I still got to post a picture of it. I'll post a picture of it this week. Yes, you and I have to start a campaign where people post the the first project that they ever made. I'm just so curious what everyone's first project was. You know what would be cool is that if you started that um, like on Instagram and had some hashtag for it. Yeah, I'm totally in. I'm going to do it. Um, and then at the end of this episode, I'm going to post what the hashtag is. Okay. <laughs> that would be really fun. Okay, I'm going to start that next week after this episode comes out. Oh, that would be great. Yeah, you yeah. talk about what your first project was. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I know. We did talk about that last time. I was just going to gloss over that one. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I tried to make a stingray, but it does not look like a stingray. And I did, I found, I was able to find a picture of it, and it does have button eyes. I forgot about the button eyes. Oh. Um, (laughs) But it's really just like a circle with a chain stitch attached to it and some button eyes. And oh gosh, it's so bad. But But I'm always going to keep the little guy (laughs) because it's my first project. Oh yeah, of course. He's get near and dear. And you said you didn't have a name for him, right? No, I don't think I ever did come up with a name for him. That sounds very unlike me, though. So there might have been a name at some point. <laughs> but yeah, he's been to every studio I've ever had. He's just, I don't know. I'm never going to leave that little guy. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah, I'll post that to you next week. Oh, gosh. Those first projects. <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah, my I still have I don't even know why I didn't find off on it, but it's not that long either. I'd probably say that it's like 12 to 15 inches, and then I just stopped. <laughs> and then I found something else. And yeah, so now it's in my pile of, of works in progress. Just yeah. you have those. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think most people end up keeping their first project, even if it's not totally done, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And that, honestly, I think it's like the most treasured because you struggled with that project, but you put your heart and soul into it because exactly. a little part of you didn't know what you were doing or, you know, it's like perfectly imperfect is what I Exactly. Yeah. So what's been your most rewarding project to finish? I mean, not counting the first scarf, of course. (laughs) My most rewarding project would probably be um, my, I think it's called Torquata Wrap. Torquata? It's T-O-R-Q-U-A-T-A. And it's by Amba O'Brien. She... She has beautiful patterns. And this one, it's kind of, it's triangles and you do gradient style um, shawl across. And I have five more rows, but it's still my, because that was like my first lace project. Mm -hmm. And and I really love it. I use like Miss Babs Sea Gems gradient. 
Okay. Yeah, I think my most rewarding project I did, I guess it's like a vest, and I used a lot of different cabling techniques on it. I just kind of made it up as I went because I wanted to try out as many techniques as possible. And I just love it so much because it's like a total experiment. I got to try out a lot of cables that I wasn't very familiar with. So once everything came together, it was just so fun. That is so cool. <laughs> oh my gosh. I would have never, I can't even think, I don't know why, but like the, making things up as I go I just can't do it I don't, know. <laughs> I don't know for some weird reason I just find it really freeing oh my gosh I wish I I'm so nervous that I'm gonna mess it up and then I'm just never gonna touch it I, <laughs> I just I don't know but that is so awesome that you can do that I also really kind of enjoy taking projects apart, too. So I guess that's part of the liberating side of it. I don't really have that fear of having to take it apart because then I can just make something new. Oh, that is awesome. That is such a good quality. <laughs> and like the I wish I had that creativity aspect of like, I I can envision something else like I made this project but I can make something totally different with it that was so cool sometimes I actually have to keep projects that I really really love out of my line of vision because otherwise I'm just going to stare at them I'm gonna stare at that yarn I'm gonna stare at the project and I'm like "Ooh, you could be something else and I'll just take it apart <laughs> So anything that I really, really love, I have to keep locked up and out of my view. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. No, we can't do any changes to this one. Yeah. <laughs> this one is done. Just leave it. Because <laughs> I've definitely taken things apart before. And then maybe like a year, two years later, I go to look for it and I'm like, oh, yeah, that doesn't exist anymore. You took it apart. <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. Yeah. <laughs> I want to apologize if you can hear my dog snoring. She's so really big. <laughs> I'm trying oh, that's so cute. What kind of dog do you have? Um, she's a miniature pincher. Oh. Yeah, she's darling. She we rescued her in on Valentine's Day this past year. Oh. Yeah, so she but she, oh my gosh, she snores so loud. <laughs> so she's sitting next to me and she's heard the snore and I'm like, here, I'm going to pet you. So you stay awake. So <laughs> <laughs> probably, you'll probably be like, oh my gosh, Courtney, we're going to have to do this a third time. Oh my God. <laughs> Hi, grannies. So I'm gearing up for two new parties that are going to be announced super soon. One is the redo for the November 15th party that was canceled because of the snowstorm and some technical difficulties. And the other one is our holiday party, which I'm super excited about because we're going to try and tackle a lifetime holiday movie. And if you're not familiar with Lifetime holiday movies, just know that they are the pinnacle of Lifetime movies in every way, shape, or form. I'm so excited for them. And 
the announcement for both of them will be coming out super soon. So stay tuned, sign up for the newsletter and for the meetup page to be the first ones to hear about the next events. Okay, I'll hope to see you there. Bye. So what books would you recommend for people who are just getting into dyeing or knitting? Um, books that really helped you out with your process? That is a really great question. You have awesome questions. <laughs> um, so I, when I started dyeing, their Sweet Georgia um, yarns, they have, um, can't remember her name on the top of my head. It starts with an F. Fiona, Felicity, I can't remember, I'm sorry, but she has a beautiful book on hand dyeing, and it's $25, and of course, when you are a a broke college student, you're like, oh my gosh, $25 is a lot of money, (laughs) but it was the best investment I ever made. Um, It's just her, how to hand dye, and it it is a wonderful resource. And then for knitting, something that really helped me with my knitting was, um, because I love making socks. I'm a huge shawl person also, um, Mm -hmm. but I love making socks. And I really liked the Sock Knitter's Handbook. um, And it's, I think, Knit Picks. It's from Knit Picks. Okay. And they had like a $2 flash sale on like all of their books. And I... (gasps) Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. If I ever see it again, I will send it to you because Please do. I will because it was awesome. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. I think everything was like either a dollar or $2. It was yeah. Crazy. Yes. Um, yes. Send that to me if it ever happens again. I will. I will. Um, and so I got, I got a lot of books, but this book, I really, this was when I first learned to knit socks And, um, I was going through it and I just, I learned so many heel techniques because that was the problem when I, when I first started making socks is that like my heels would be weird. Like they would either be tight or too loose. Uh, they just didn't fit my heel right. Yeah. I definitely think that's what causes most people's first issues with socks. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and and there's so many ways to construct them. Yeah. So. This book is really good about, like, if you're going to do toe up, what heels to use, or um, top down, what heels to use, and or just different variations, which really helped. Do you usually do toe up or top down? Um, I do toe up now, but I used to, it took me like six months to do it because I was always so nervous of the cast on. But yeah. After I got over that, now that's all I do. Because then I can try it on. Um, Whereas, like, top down, it's really hard to try it on. Exactly. I love toe up. And I actually find the cast on really satisfying because you get that nice edge at the toe. Exactly. Because if you mess up Kitchener, at least for me personally, there's no going back. It is stuck. Right. Or else I'm, or else it's just going to be a mess. Um, So yeah, that's why, yeah, I like the toe up also. And then what is on your needles now? Do you have anything on your needles? 
I do. Um, I have the Humulus sweater, Humulus sweater by um, Isabel Kramer. And it's a beautiful um, color work. This is my very first color work sweater. Um, and I'm loving it. And then that's the main thing I'm working on right now. And then I have socks um, that I promised a friend I'd make for his mom. Oh. Which which I know. You know, people are like, oh, that's so nice. And I'm like, yeah, I know. I promised it. And I <laughs> still haven't finished them. <laughs> so Because he wanted them, like, last week. And he's like, how are my mom's socks coming for her birthday? And I'm like, they're not. <laughs> <laughs> so... I'm getting there. I'm getting there. (laughs) They're not. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. They're not done yet. But I, so you're going to get a kick out of this. I literally, I finished one and then I started the next one. And then once I got to like the heel, I went to go find the other one so I could take a picture and I can't find it. So a third sock. No. Yes. <laughs> Awful. Oh, I'm so sorry for your loss. Thank you. It's such a hard one. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm so upset that I can't find it. And watch, I'm going to give them to him so that he can get them. And then I'm going to find it. Yeah. That's, what, that's just what's going to happen. That is what's going to happen. You're going to find it maybe like the day after. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm. And it's going to be somewhere so obvious. (laughs) Gotta be kidding me. (laughs) I never check the places where I'm supposed to put those things. And that's where I put them. Like the one time that I put it back, that's when I lose it. Yeah, I know. And well, so I had it in the car. And that's, like, the last place I remember seeing it. And then it – I don't know if you're like this, but my car is not a mess, but it's messy. Like, it's not gross, but it's just kind of messy. And <laughs> I clean it, and then I can't find anything. Yeah. That's exactly what happened is I cleaned it out, I put it somewhere, and now I don't know where it is. You see? So you're not supposed to clean it. Exactly. That's what I would tell my mom every time she'd tell me to clean my room. I'm like, yeah, to find anything. <laughs> like I walk in every day knowing that, you know, whatever's on the floor. And so I always know it's there. <laughs> Organized chaos. Exactly. Exactly. Story of my life. <laughs> um. Girl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so lastly, uh, what do you like to binge watch or listen to while you craft? Sure. So I really like to um, listen to Panic at the Disco hmm. and DeGraw. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, lots, for the reason why we're laughing is because during the last recording, I admitted that I had a mixtape made for me. Uh, Valentine's Day mixtape for of Gavin, Gavin DeGraw um, <laughs> that I still have on CD. <laughs> so, 
like the big deal of middle school for me. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> and then Tree Hill, One Tree Hill. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the reason I love Gavin DeGraw. Is of because, course. Um, and then Andy Grammer is another one that I like to listen to. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I like to watch, we talked about this last time, um, is that I I watched Midsummer Mur- Nights. Oh, Midsummer Murder. Midsummer Murders. Yes, I started watching that, which is it was good. It like the first episode I thought was kind of slow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, I really liked that, and um, I'm watching. Let's see. Um, what's Riverdale? Of course, yeah. I just finished, so I'm really slow at that one, um, but I really like it because my childhood, um, like, lover boy, Cole, isn't it? <laughs> From Sweet Life of Zack and Cody, like, on Disney Channel. So, like, that's why I love watching that. Um, I just had the realization yesterday because he did an interview talking about a childhood crush that he had. And it wasn't until that moment that I even realized that he's the little boy from Friends. Yes, he is. Well, I did not know that. I didn't put two and two together. Oh, my gosh. Well, that's when when Sweet Life of Zack and Cody came out. My my mom was like, I've seen them before. Like. Mm -hmm. You know, she, like, thought it was so familiar, and so um, she looked it up, and yeah, it was because he was, that's how I knew. And he was in um, Adam Sandler movie. Oh, I can't remember oh. what it was. But he was, like, the little boy um, that he, um, his friend was the father of, so he, like, stayed there for a bit. Okay, I'll have to look it up because now I'm realizing that I've seen Cole, uh, I can't think of his last name, um, but I've seen him a million times before. Yeah, oh yeah. If I remember, I'll send it to you because I, I can't remember the name of it, but yeah, it was like a really good Adam Sandler movie that he was in when, when he was little. And I think like him and his twin brother like switch scenes sometimes. <laughs> Yeah, okay. I'll have to look into his Wikipedia page or his IMBD page. Yeah, so that, and, like, just clips of him is also what I like to watch. <laughs> <laughs> so, no shame. No shame. <laughs> That's my motto. <laughs> yeah. What are things you like to watch or listen to while you craft? Oh, I watch everything. Nothing is off limits from reality TV shows to British procedurals like um, Midsummer, And I also really love Call the Midwife. Um, but I also love Bravo TV shows or whatever. It just after a while, it kind of just becomes white noise. Yeah, I'm a little bit of everything, too. But those are like my main go to's. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me again of course this was fun i really enjoyed talking with you i'm so glad that we got to do this and everyone had the chance to hear about your products and your story and i'll definitely link your website on my website so that people can easily find you guys
awesome. Well, thank you so much. And yeah, when this comes out, I'll have it posted on all my channels too. Amazing. I'm sure we'll be talking um, super soon about getting you to a Bobble Clubhouse meetings so that you can tell everyone your story in person. Oh, of course. Oh, I'm so excited. Okay. Well, thanks again, Courtney. Happy crafting. Yeah, thanks, Samantha. Have a wonderful day. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Elderly Millennial, the Bobble Clubhouse podcast. And if you live in the New York City area, don't forget to go to our website to see a list of our upcoming knitting, crochet, and crafting events. Until next week, happy knitting. Thank you.